Welcome back to another episode of the Casey Campbell podcast. Casey Campbell with you, of course. We are pleased to be joined by the one and the only, uh, I don't know why we keep getting him on, but Matt Tift is here. It's going to shut down sometime if you keep putting me on the show, bud. <laughs> uh, you're, we always have to joke around with you because, of course, you are who you are. But anyway, the reason why we wanted to have you on is, of course, because of your announcement yesterday. Of course, it's been six months Um you know, so you've been seizure free and I know that's been a big deal for you and everything like that. What has been, what's it been like to these past two years of just, you know, what have you had to deal with? You know, it's, it's weird, right? Because it starts off with, um, a lot of people don't realize, you know, they go, Oh, that's if not driving a race car, blah, blah, blah. Well, I haven't driven the street car like that day at Martinsville. I haven't been on the road since then. Like that's a long, 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 long time. Um, that's October 26th of 2019. Like that is a long time ago um, in the scope of the world and in the scope of everything that's happened. So it's been very difficult because, um, you know, in, in the beginning, it was, the first year was very tough because I really felt like I lost a lot of my independence. Um I had the countdown clock always in my phone of when I was going to get to six months. Like there's always a, I have to get to this point now. So I didn't have much patience. So I would literally sit there and, um, you know, just try to count down the days and the hours and just like waste a day, sleep in, doing nothing. Of course, during the quarantine, so everybody's doing that, but like just literally trying to go like, okay, cross another day off the books and like, just, let's just get to six months. And so I was wasting a lot of time. Um, and which was depressing. And of course I didn't know where the career and stuff was going. And so it was just, um, it was a shitty time. Like it was just, yeah. it sucked. Um, and so then I get to three months, then I have a seizure. Then I get to maybe a month out from there and then have, and it's just like the, the clock just kept on resetting, resetting, resetting. And not only was it demoralizing because I was wondering what was happening. I wasn't getting answers yet until, you know, I did that study over the summer, but at the same time, you're going, okay, well, yeah, I had a seizure. Okay. But the problem was every time I did it, the six month clock would start over again and you just keep on doing it. And it's just like, all right, how long is this going to like, am I ever going to go drive another streetcar? Like it was bad. Um, there's one, I think from my second seizure, which is on my honeymoon um, in December of 19 to was it May, April or May of 20. Um, I made it like almost five months. I'm like, okay, here we go. Like it's going to happen. Like we're, we're going to get there. Then I had, and so that was the longest stretch that I had without having one up until this point. And the, and the, basically the problem became, it just, there wasn't answers. There wasn't a clear treatment plan. So that's when I went to university and hospitals in Cleveland. I went to the upper cervical spine center down here in Charlotte and found a lot of things messed up with my spine um, from crashes and other things that really put a toll on my body. Um, not even crashes, but just, you know, things that could have been messed up as a kid, um, concussions, things like that. So it really was an eye-opening deal to the treatment of the response of the medication, but also um, I realized that I had a lot of neurological things going on wrong from concussions from crashes from G forces all the time um, that I probably just didn't do a good enough job um, while I drove all those years 
of keeping up with that. I try to stay very fit. I did a lot of things, but maybe there's one hit that, that did it. I, I don't know. Um, and I can't, I'm not blaming anything on it. It's just like, I, I clearly just don't have a clear answer of what the picture was that painted this entire thing to come up. Um, but that was the problem with the whole first year is like, I've lost my freedom. And then at the same time, um, we're in the middle of coronavirus, which is um, kind of nice in a way. I'm not saying anything about the disease was nice, but it was nice because other people were also stuck at home. All of a sudden, I felt like I wasn't alone in being stuck. Yeah. So that gave me a little bit of a break. Um, and again, it, it, nothing is to be taken lightheartedly about the whole COVID situation, but it was the first time I felt like other people were joining in my aloneness, which made me feel, feel not alone, if that makes any sense. So moving past that, but after a certain point last summer, I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm done counting. If I have one, I have one. If not, whatever. Like, cause I just did that whole study and I just kind of accepted it. And so from that point on, like, you know, the team was going on and I had a purpose again, we're coming out of like the, the main bit of quarantining. And so things are looking up and going well. Um, I had two more little seizures, not big ones like before, but much, much smaller ones. So they, even in the last year, they've been gotten a lot better. Like it's been way, way better in the last year compared to the year before that. So even just in the amount of quantity and the strength of them, it was much better. Um, so this was a, this was a big deal, man. Like it was getting to this point was hard. It was two years of trying to get to this point medically and, learning um what i can and can't do um mental you know battles of anxiety and, and depression and all this sort of stuff that you just don't realize is going on um when you lose that sense of freedom and, and as i got more connected in epilepsy groups before i came out and announced it this year i started to realize how much other people struggle with it and that's kind of the timing when i came out with you know opening up about my epilepsy and things going on um, so one of the biggest things that was always cool on the subreddit of epilepsy was the six months seizure free mark of the year, or two years or five years, whatever. And everybody celebrated the crap out of that because it's so hard to get to, um, because statistically, if you make it to that point, your probability goes a lot further down, you know, at that, at that point in time. So it was a huge deal. Um, and it's, it feels, <laughs> it feels really good to be in the spot. The hardest part now, honestly, is like going back to driving doesn't feel hard. Like I never forgot how to drive. Um, the hardest part is the mental battle of like just thinking, get get myself out of my own way with my with my thoughts, and, and it'll it'll get back to normal. It'll be fine, but it's gonna take a little bit to feel more normal again. Yeah. So I know the first place you went to was, of course, the shop. Sure was. <laughs> and then you went to where? Oh, no, no, no. I, well, technically, I was on the way to the shop, and I went to Culver's first. <laughs> you went to Culver's first? Nice. I was hungry, man. I was getting food. I hadn't been through fast food like that in a while, so I was going to go. Did you, get, did, you get, did you get cheese curds? I did not get cheese curds because I can't on, do it. man. Well, I, I, trust me, I love cheese curds, but because of keto and epilepsy, I can't do it. Oh, but that's right. I, of course. But me, I, I absolutely love cheese curds. Don't get me wrong. They have some of the best cheese curds, too. <laughs> Sam Mayer would be proud of you. <laughs> hey, one thing I will say, I will not miss $1,100 average on my Uber and Lyft rides every month. I am so glad that is out of here because that sucked. Well, you know what's also probably good? 
um, your wife doesn't have to drive you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she played uh, Mrs. Chauffeur for a long, way too long of a time. So, like I said, it's just hard feeling, you know, when you're when you're a race car driver, you're very independent. You know, I was always very independent. I like to do my own stuff. I like to get to the track and do things my own way, do this, do that, do this, do that. Like I'm a big control freak and not being able to do things, not being able to understand what was happening with my body, not understanding anything, um, not having control. It was psychological torture for me. So as much as I know she felt bad and stressed out by having to do that stuff for me and me taking more Uber and Lyft rides and all that kind of stuff, it was unbelievable torture for me just to be adapted to that like because yeah. i couldn't get adapted to it because it's just not me and so now i'm trying to fight back to the old me which is good um but it's just uh it's a different deal yeah um besides that i know you went to you've done a lot of things so what's been the biggest thing have you been practicing you know going back out and just you know just driving around just to you know get get reaccustomed to it again yeah yeah well yesterday was my first day back in the road Drove up to the shop, um, drove back down, and then um, drove out to, it was my mother-in-law's birthday, so we drove out to Gastonia, Jordan drove, and then I drove back. So I got a good hour and a half driving in yesterday. Yeah. Um, today was hilarious because I'm driving a Tesla because of all the safety features and stuff it has in it, um, which will protect me. But um, it was funny, though, because right now, for those of you not in the Southeast, um, we're in an absolute lockdown of gas. You can't buy gas anywhere. It's in a complete lockdown. There's a backups for 30 or 45 minutes to get gas because the, um, the pipeline shut down because yeah. a bunch of hackers got into it. <laughs> so, so I'm driving around my Tesla. I'm like, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's great. Hey, I, hey, I'm in Michigan, so I don't have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, I actually, I just went and got gas today, so it was, uh, you know, just, yeah, you're not affected by the southeast deal, at least. Oh, yeah, so yeah, so I just, you know, just pulled right in, you know, got right out, and then uh, went on with my day, picked up a slice of pizza for dinner, and then just uh, there you go, you yeah. know, that so yeah. like normal, normal deal, not cyber uh, hackers and stuff trying to break into um, into gas pipelines, which apparently was very effective. <laughs> I guess it will, you know, when, when that kind of stuff happens and, you know, who knows? Um, so besides that, you know, besides your announcement, there was also another announcement today mm -hmm. with your race team. Kyle Tilly's going to be in the car for Coda, Watkins Glen, Road America, and the Indy Road Course. How exciting yep. is that? I'm pumped. Yeah. Kyle's an awesome dude um, to start off with. He's just, he gets along with BJ and me very well. Um, and we're, you know, we're, we're easy guys to get along with, but he just clicks right into the group. Um, he's a badass race car driver. Um, just one in the LMP2 class, the Rolex 24 hours of Daytona. I mean, there's not many higher uh, honors than that. He's won a bunch of stuff in the um, Asian Le Mans series and, and things over there. Um, so he's, he's just such an accomplished, um, driver. Um, so very cool for us because we get to learn a lot as a team, um, 
you know, learning about our program, um, where we need to advance things. We know NASCAR is going in the direction of more um, road courses with this car with independent rear suspension and different schedules talked about and city courses talked about. Like, we know there's going to be more diverse things that we're going to rather than just mile and a half from the current short tracks and stuff we go to now. So with that being said, you got to find a way to elevate your program and bring in someone like that who's raced prototypes and LMP2 cars. And um, the dude is nuts. He drives for fun Formula One vintage races. These are like, they are literal death boxes. Like they're the coolest cars in the world, yeah. but he is insane. Like the dude is insane, but it, he makes him the most badass race car driver ever. Like just the, the GoPro videos and stuff, like him showing at us, I think it was at Spa um, with one of those cars. I mean, my gosh, like just absolutely insane. Like super, super cool. Um, he knows a lot of very good, you know, 80s bands and classic rock stuff, which I'm all about. So uh, on, on many levels, it's very cool. Um, on the professional side, you know, um, Bremont, the uh, chronometer is the, the watch company that's coming in to this, been a supporter of his. Um, you know, I know they're big in Formula One and, and um, another prototype race in the Imza and things like that, that he's um, racing as well. It's cool to bring them in because, um Whenever you have a, a big sponsor like that, for and it's, it's Kyle's sponsor, but of course they become a partner in Live Fast Motorsports in the family. And what's cool about it to me is we're going to Circuit of the Americas, right? It's a Formula One track that was built for that. NASCAR is going there for the first time. We're coming in there with a Rolex 24-hour um, winner in Kyle Tilly. And we're having a company coming on, um, as well as the sponsor, um, Battle or Bottle Associates, there, which does a, um, a bunch of uh, bottling services for uh, different um, drink companies across the country. You bring in companies like that, not only are you getting somebody from a different discipline of racing and motorsport, but you're also bringing in sponsors that have not seen NASCAR before, that have not been a part of it. And that is really cool to me because. Not always do you get that crossover from a Formula One and a, a prototype and an IMSA and, um, and those sort of, um, sort of car sponsors into, um, into the NASCAR realm. So I think that's a very big deal for us to have brought that into the sport. Um, but then another part, I think it really speaks volumes to LivePass that um, someone like Kyle wants to come try out and, uh, and see what NASCAR is all about. And just starting that relationship, man, it's, it's a big, big deal. Um, and it's going to help elevate our program. He's never driven a stock car before, so it's going to be a big learning weekend for him. The good thing is nobody's been to Coda before, um, you know, other than a few practice laps. And he's raced there before. I think he's gotten some podium finishes there before. So um, it's also a track with a lot of runoff room in case he does make a mistake. So we'll be okay there. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's just really exciting and you know, you get to do a lot of cool things. We got to do the Shane Globic deal at Bristol, and that was really fun. Unfortunately, I got caught up in the, uh, in the crash there, but he was super fast there. We had Sky Hacker in the car at um, the Daytona Road Course. So we just had a cool, like, we try to keep it to where, you know, it's not many drivers coming in now. But at the same time, when you have someone like those guys to come and elevate your program in the way that NASCAR is moving, this is a big deal for us. And it's, um, again, it, I couldn't have asked for a, a cooler, better dude to come drive the car. At the same point from the professional side, it elevates our program and it makes it exciting all around. Yeah. Good stuff. You're not getting, in, you're getting, you're not getting in the car for a while, right? I mean, I, I can sit in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, 
I, of course, when I announced the deal today, everyone's like, oh, Matt's going to get back in the cup car. I'd love to see you back in the cup car. I'm like, guys, I just went up by 77 today, and that was kind of freaky. So let's pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, honestly, I would, would I love to jump in the race car again? Sure. Do I have a desire or a need to right now? No. Um, so it's a never say never thing. You know, you and I talked about this earlier today. Um, I feel like it's something if the cards fall and someday it happens, sure. Um, I'm not opposed to, you know, going back and testing a late model or something like that. Um, will it be now? Absolutely not. Um, could it be a year from now? Maybe. But what I talked to you about, which I think is something a lot of people don't realize, is even if my condition was something to where they said, hey, you can go back and drive a race car. I'm not mentally there. It takes, you know, being an owner, of course, is one thing. And that's, that's totally different. I'm just talking about from a pure mental standpoint of being a race car driver. You have to be so confident, so locked in, so psychologically sound to go out there and do what they do. It is an absolutely insane job. You're talking about moving at a football field per second. You can't think about anything else. So when you have that deal going on, anything that goes on in your mind where you're not confident in yourself or anything going on is a hindrance to yourself and the other people on, on the track and your team and everything. So it's not even just a health thing. It's a, I have to be ready thing. So um, doctors obviously have not cleared me to do anything yet, but even if they did today, which they have not that clear, <laughs> um, I would not feel like I would, I don't want to right now. Um, the owner deal right now, my focus is buying these next gen cars, going to the test at the end of the year, being able to go next year down to Daytona with our full fleet ready to go um, and have, this is where Live Fast hits its stride. It's where we plan this whole deal to start was with this next gen thing. This whole 2021 season has turned into a big learning year for us um, because we needed to get our system together, our chemistry together and everything there. But it's a good thing because we don't start behind the eight ball when we get to Daytona. We are on par with everybody else because we didn't. We're switching the, the car exactly the same time everyone else is. We have a charter. We don't have to worry about that. We have a car locked in. We can go to this thing and really elevate Live Fast to where we want to go with it. And it's gonna be baby steps every year. Um, we want to get eventually to where um, to where we're running. You know where we should be, which is at that point we feel like should be in top 25 range and short tracks and hopefully top 30 consistently on the, on the big tracks. Um, we're a little bit off of that right now and we need to fix things, but we have spurts in there. So we have to clean that part up for the second half of 2021, but going to 2022, nobody knows what happens. So maybe you jump up to um, running with the front rows and JTGs every once in a while. And some days you're going to be behind them. You know, it's going to be an ebb and flow and a learning process for everybody. Maybe you get lucky and, and you have a top 15 run. Nobody knows in this deal, so that's what's exciting about it and that's why as owners the parity that comes in with this is why we wanted to jump in and it creates a really cool opportunity for us as owners to really jump in, in a, a big gap um, and a big bridge that's there right now with the wind tunnel testing and everything to where we can have a shot to really accelerate our learning curve and our, our jump to the big teams and i hope that's what happens we know the big teams are always going to get there quicker but um, there might be the couple of races a year where we execute very well and it turns us into a very solid team. And that's where we want to be. Um, and that's where we just try to keep our focus on. Yeah. All right. Matt Tiff, thanks for joining us. Um, big announcement, you know, um, 
you know, I, I can't say enough how proud I am of you because, you know, Thank you. <laughs> you've, got, you've been through a lot, but you've also been, you've also, per, on a personal level, you've been an awesome friend to me over the years. Well, I appreciate that. Well, no, thank you. All right.